0: Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. All right, Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. I'm gonna end it here today, but it's gonna be a powerful ending. We've talked about uh, in the beginning of this series has been life-changing and it's been talking about uh, uh, finding our identity in Christ, who we are. We talked about Our identity as sons and daughters being adopted by God. We have all the rights and privileges of a son when he gets adopted. That means we have all the rights and privileges of the kingdom when we get adopted. Number two, I'm sorry, number three, the third week we talked about recognizing performance driven Christianity. And that set so many of you free that realized you had a paradigm of working to get acceptance from God. We talked about the second, pro- the, the prodigal son, but we talked about the good son. How many know that, that you may be the good son and still be working to get affirmation? And God wants to eliminate that. Last week, we talked about identity theft. And uh, today, I want to end it by talking on the topic of identity on regaining your dominion and your authority. Because when your identity is lost, you don't just lose all the other things that we talked about, but one of the things that I did not talk about is that we lose our authority over darkness, over sin and temptation. Can I hear an amen? And I am tired, I don't know about you, but many Christians being whipped by the devil in the body of Christ is because we don't know who we are because part of, part of our authority is lost when our identity is lost. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your anointing, for your word. We thank you, Father, for this day. That you would encourage us. I'm asking everyone to continue to be faithful to the work of the Lord and the house of the Lord, the house of the Lord in Jesus' name. And everyone said? little plug before I start. Let's, I want to encourage everyone two things. This is more of a pastoral thing. Let's get here on time. There's four people usually when we start at 10 o'clock. Let's be here on time for the Lord. Amen? Amen? And start bringing other people. If each one of you build, uh, sorry, was intentional of bringing just one person, this place would be almost half full. And there was a prophecy given to us not too long ago that God was going to bring us 200 families, and it's already starting. So I want to encourage you to be proactive and invite people. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. If you're there, say amen. It's going to be up on the screen. It says, now this is a popular verse of Scripture, but I want you to see it through the lens of identity and identity reclaiming authority. Say that again. Say that with me. Identity reclaiming authority. Like I said last week, when God, when when the devil doesn't steal your joy, what he does is steal your identity. And when he steals your identity, joy goes with it. Peace goes with it. Amen. But also your ability to have confidence. Oh, this is so good. Confidence in declaring things by authority based on who you are. Not how much you prayed that day. Not how much you read the word that day. All that is great. But you don't have more power than somebody else because of some certain types of works. There's levels of consecration that we need to go deep in. But we have to look at it from a lens of identity, not from a works mentality. Can I hear an amen? Now look, it says, then God said, let us make man in our image. I want to pause and say, we are the only creation that is created in God's image. The animals are not created in God's image. The dog, the giraffes, the trees are not created in God's image. That's key. According to our likeness, let them have dominion. Woo. I could preach just an hour just on that verse. You have to understand something. When God says something in the scripture, he can't take it back. That, because the Bible says his words cannot return void to him. So when he said, let them have dominion, Listen, what he was saying, he's, he's perpetuating a spiritual law that could never be taken away. Do you know, I want to say something kind of, kind of um, powerful, but it's, if you don't know the scripture, you're, go, you're going to think that I'm speaking heresy. Do you know that Jesus had to come like a man? It's not because, oh, no, God could do anything. He could not come as a spirit being even though he's a spirit. Why? Because of this verse. He said, let man have dominion. When he said that, he set a law of motion that God gave man dominion over the earth. So in order for Jesus to come and take dominion of the earth, he had to come in as a man. He had to come as a man. He didn't come as a spirit being and say, look, I'm God. He had to obey his own rules. So he said, let man have dominion. He said, okay, so when I come, I have to come like a man. Not because I ha- not because I want to, it's because I'm, I'm bound by my own word. And as a man, I'm a little bit foreshadowing, not just as God, but as man, he also defeated the devil. Let him have dominion over the fish, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over the earth, over every creeping thing. So God created man in his own image. Uh, sorry, in his own image, in the image of God, God created Them. Okay? Then he keeps going. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Look at me. When God says have dominion, he's not saying have dominion over people. A lot of you saying, What's going on? No. He's not saying have dominion over people, although sometimes uh, people ha- try to take that. It's having dominion over all types of darkness, over all types of trials, over all types of diseases, over t- over even the animals at that time. Sin had not entered the world at that time. So God and man, man was walking in complete authority. Now watch this. I'm going to share with you this morning the promise of authority that we have. It's not just for pastors and leaders or bold people. <laughs> that was a good place to say Amen. No, extroverts and introverts are required to walk in authority. And so what you're going to learn today is the the promise of authority was given in Genesis 1. Then I'm going to take you on a journey to tell you the place where it was lost and the place it was regained again. And so you have to see this, that that the the first point I want to say is, well, let's go to Genesis 2 real quick. Just flip flip your Bible to Genesis 2. I'll read this real quick, and then I'll continue. Verse 15 should be there up on the screen. Then the Lord took man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of the the good and evil you shall not eat. For the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. The first point I want to make is this. God's original plan for humanity was to walk in dominion and authority based on our identity of being in the image and likeness of God. God's original plan for us to walk in our identity is based on the image and the likeness of God. But I want you to get something really important here because this is going to set the foundation to understand how to keep your authority. Aren't you tired of getting whipped by life? How to keep your authority. Here it is Adam and Eve walked in perfect fellowship with God with no. Imagine this with me for a second. What does it feel like to have unhindered fellowship with God without the reality or thought of sin ever entering into your mind? What does that feel like? Adam walked in complete, didn't even, he, and I'm not trying to be graphic, but it's the Bible. He was completely naked, and he had no shame about that because there was no sin. There was nothing that would try to pervert that reality. He was perfectly walking with God, and all the animals were in, in submission to him, the lion, everything like that. So he came, and he got this, this revelation from God, But the thing that I want to point out is that authority that he had was based on his identity in relationship to God. I want to say this real importantly. Your authority, my authority, has to be found, again, in our identity as lovers of God, in a fellowship with God. You can't have true authority without relationship. So you have to understand that the first Thing that Adam had to do when he came and had authority and dominion, he his dominion and his authority came out of fellowship with God. You have to understand that. It's just not authority given to him blindly. Authority and dominion was given to, to Adam in the place of intimacy with the father because As long as our identity is based on relationship and not works, we will walk in great authority. Now, I have to say this. Authority has nothing to do with volume. Authority has nothing to do with uh, your tone. and has nothing to do with extravagance. You can have a lot of gold. You can have a lot of cars. That doesn't make you authoritative. You could yell. That doesn't make you authoritative. Relationship breeds authority. You have to understand that. Intimacy with God creates in you the confidence to continue to walk in authority. But if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, or you have allowed these things to hinder you, you will—even though you have the name of Christ—you have you, your authority will be hindered. Say this after me: Authority is found in relationship. Say that again: Authority is found in relationship. Now I'm want to prove it to you a bride when he when she when she marries her husband she could be poor she could have hardly anything in her account the moment she enters into relationship, The moment she enters into a covenant relationship with her husband, immediately she has access to the same account that he has. And and immediately she could go from poor to rich, all because she entered relationship. She has now authority to write checks that she couldn't write. Come on. She has authority to pay bills. She has authority to do. She has authority to shop. All the guys are going. (laughs) They're like guarding their wallets right now. The wife. Immediately has authority to the husband's bank account. Woo! She's <laughs> that preach pastor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the husband's like, I get behind me, Satan. Just... No, but here's, here's what happens. You and I understand this. Through your relationship with your spouse, You have joint account power now. You can now make decisions before on your house that you couldn't make before. Why? Out of relationship. And you know what? We have a lot of titles in the body of Christ. We're children of God. We're child of God. But one of the greatest titles of our identity is we're the bride of Christ. Do you understand that when we're the bride of Christ, we entered into relationship. He could have called us anything. He says, I call my church my bride. They have access to what I have. That's your identity. I know guys have problems with being, the call, being called the bride of Christ. But let me tell you something. We are all the bride of Christ. And what does that speak of? Intimate covenant relationship. And when you are a bride of Christ, you have his authority. You cannot walk in authority when you escape relationship and devotion because you'll be old manna and you won't have confidence to declare something with in, in faith because of the fact that you no longer have relationship how many know what i'm talking about the relationship that we have as the bride of christ empowers us listen to me and positions us to have authority over the devil and over darkness now some people say well i don't know about that that's because i you don't know who you are in christ Listen, a bride, when she gets ready and she walks down the aisle, she instantly, most pe- some people don't do this, but instantly when that's, that signature is signed, she has now the last name of her husband. That means she has everything that the husband has, and the husband has everything she has, and now there's double power. Come on. Authority comes through relationship. Now, here's the dangerous part. When you get out of relationship with God, you will start opening yourself up to things that you used to didn't open up to because the, 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 that, that is where the enemy looks and chooses to see if there's an open door in your life. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit so he could steal your authority. I have news for you the devil is not just after you, he's after the authority you carry. That's why if he can steal your identity, he can steal his, your authority. You know why he wants your authority? Because you have power over him. If I was your enemy and I could strip you from the power that you have from me, I would do whatever it takes to convince you that you're weaker than me. But you're stronger in him. Greater is he that is it me than he who is in the world. We look at the devil like he's just raw. And I look what Todd White. Says, he's, just, he's talking like this. But you and I don't know this. So... The first promise is in Genesis. Now, here is where Adam lost his authority. I'm going to show you. In Genesis chapter chapter 3, this is the place where authority and dominion was lost because identity was lost. I want to say that again. Your authority and dominion loses when your identity is lost. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. One chapter after he just gained this dominion. Look at one chapter later what it says. It will be up on the screen. We're talking about regaining authority. Why? Because as a pastor, I'm tired of seeing Christians defeated. I am. I'm just going to be open with you. I am tired of of, of Christians being defeated thinking that's the cards that God gave them. No, you have authority over those things. Look at what what the Bible says in Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field. Now remember... Adam was living in absolute ecstasy. There was no temptation that could compare to the ecstasy that he was having with no sin on the earth. The serpent uh, uh, was any field of the earth God had made. Look at the next verse. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat of the tree of the garden? Now, you just read in chapter 2 that he clearly said that. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. This is what I'm about to say is, is the devil 101 to understand the devil. Then the serpent said to woman, to the woman, you will not, sorry, uh, you, you will not surely die. In other words, did God say, for God knows that the day you eat of of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasing and pleasant to the eye. That's a key right there, pleasing to the eye. And a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked. They were naked and didn't even know it because there was no sin. I know that sounds crazy, but their their clothing was the glory of God. Their clothing was the glory in the presence of God. They didn't even realize that they were naked. Once they disobeyed God... Now they realize, and th- now by the way, here's a little foreshadow. This is what Christians do every time we compromise in our relationship with God. And they sewed figs together to hide and cover themselves. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid them. Hid. Everybody say Hid hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Let me just say this last thing. Then the Lord called to Adam and said to him, where are you? Now, let me just say this. God is all-knowing. He wasn't asking, where are you because I can't find you. He said, you're no longer with me spiritually. Where are you spiritually? The Holy Spirit is speaking to you this morning. He's saying, where are you spiritually with me? Where are you? And then when he keeps on going, when he keeps on going, he says, well, I heard you walking in the midst of the garden. And then the, then the Lord says, who told you you were naked? You know what the Holy Spirit is telling you right now? The Holy Spirit is telling you, like, when you hear these words, oh, look, 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 look. When you hear these doubts in your mind and doubts in your, in your spirit about who you are, you know what God is responding? Who told you that? He said, he said, who told you you were naked? But when you don't know who you are, now you've taken the identity of the devil and, and, he, and you're saying, well, I'm this, I'm that, I'm condemned, I'm, I'm weak, I no longer pray, I'm not a child of God, I'm defeated, I am messed up, I messed up yesterday so I can't really read the word, I feel like a hypocrite. And God says, who told you that? Well, you know what your answer is? Uh, it's actually kind of dumb. He goes, you'll say, the devil, the enemy. Why are you believing it? (laughs) If God is telling you who told you that, you surely know it's not God who told you that. You have, to under, you have to recognize where authority has been taken. You know why? Authority was taken away from Adam because he chose to stop having his identity in relationship with God and he started choosing to have his identity in pleasing himself, pleasing uh, the, his uh, eyes with the lust of the world. That's why the Bible says that the apple, or not apple, the fruit was pleasing to her. Do you have to understand, when we take our eyes off God and start getting our eyes off what's pleasing to us, we will start losing our authority because we lose our identity as a lover of God. Okay, you, you don't believe me? Okay, let's, let's break it down physically, okay? You think like, okay, well, I don't know about this. Okay, try having your wife cheat on you. See how much authority, when you know that she's cheating on you, how much authority are you going to give her after that? They got quiet. It's okay. I'll, I'll... I'm not saying no one's cheating here, okay? I'm just saying. But you lose your authority when you get caught trying to please your own fleshly desires. And you lose the authority because authority is linked to relationship. If you don't hear anything, hear this. Authority is linked to relationship. The wife's and the husband's authority is, is enhanced by the relationship they have together. Two is more powerful than one. Can I hear an amen? I want to say this something to you. The serpent was not after the Garden of Eden. He was after their identity. The serpent was not after the the, the Garden uh, of Eden. He was after identity because the identity equals the ability to have authority. And I'm going to say it like this. A police officer, some of you guys uh, are in police work, you know police officers. Check this out. A police officer has authority from the headquarters, right? But what makes you and I obey a police officer? Think about that. Do we just have this revelation that, oh, that guy's a police officer? No. What makes you recognize, come on, this is good, that you have to obey that person? When you see a police officer what? Wearing a badge. If you see someone like this, you don't, you don't know he's a police officer unless you know him as a friend. But the reason that you know he has authority Oh, this is good. It's because you see a badge on him. You see a uniform on him. You see a gun on him. You see a police car that says police car on him. And so we recognize when there's a police officer fully decked in his his identity, when he's fully decked in his identity as an officer, we automatically say, I have to obey whatever that guy says, even though I don't like it. If he says stop, I got to stop. If he says kneel down, I got to kneel down. We'll complain later. But he's the authority. Watch this. When your identity is stolen, if, it's the same way. If that police officer got robbed and that same police officer no longer had his badge and no longer had his gun and no longer had his police car and no longer had his uniform, he could go out and he just had a white shirt with shorts on. He'll go out in the public where he used to have authority and say, stop, and no one will stop for him. You know why? Not because the, the headquarters don't recognize it. It's because he did not have his identity on him. Headquarters still says he's a cop, but to the eyes of the people, he lost his identity, so he lost his authority. Spiritually, heaven is heaven's headquarters saying you're still a child of God. You still have authority, but you've given the enemy. The enemy doesn't recognize it anymore because you've given your identity to something else. We have to put back on our identity again. Do you know what the Bible says in Romans? The Bible says in Romans, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And make no provision for the flesh. I'm not talking about putting him as a, as a cloth. Put his attributes on. Put his his anointing on. Put his presence on. Put his character on. Put his relationship on. And I'm going to say something real deep right now. This is going to bug you out. The Bible says also in, in in the New Testament it says he who is one who is joined with the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. Can you fathom that? That reality, he who is one, who is sorry, joined with the Lord is one spirit with the Lord. That doesn't mean you're God. That means you and Him are one. That means you exercise authority in His name, but it's He's using your mouth. He's using your. That's right, bro. Come on, let's go. It's about time people say woo in this place. <laughs> Come on, boy. <laughs> So watch this. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says, and make no provision for the flesh. You need to put on your identity because when you put on your identity, I'm here to say this, the enemy will run and you'll defeat him. If you, if you try to defeat the enemy or darkness in the natural realm, you will never get any, any further. But you have to realize that this is the, pa- the time where we have to say enough is enough. With all this weak Christianity, the Bible does not call us weak, does not call us wimp. The Bible says when the Holy Ghost come, you shall have power. There's no pie-in-the-sky Christianity. There's no weak Christianity. You've got the Holy Spirit living inside of you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, the Bible says, is living inside of you. But we are silent because fear has gripped us, hurt has gripped us, sin has gripped us. And the enemy uses that to steal your spiritual badge, your spiritual uniform, and your spiritual police car in in the spirit. And therefore, you no longer have this reality. What the enemy is looking to do to us, to strip us of our authority, is to watch this. Now I said this to my leaders, so I'm going to say it to you because I felt led to say it to you. I read the, I had my notes about a week ago, but I shared this with my leaders. And this is what the enemy is trying to do to strip your authority. You ready? Is to get you to reopen old doors that you have closed. Let that sink in. To get you to reopen old doors. Everybody say Old doors. Now, only you and God could identify what those old doors come are. Some of you came from some bad stuff. Some of you came from uh, depression and, and suicidal thoughts. And some of you came from uh, some very hurtful things with parents. And some of you got really hurt and violated. And what the enemy wants to do is use you, uh, sorry, use you at a weak point so that you could reopen old doors you've closed because when you open old doors, then there's a floodgate of authority that leaves you and the enemy now has authority over you. Do you know what the Bible says? Let's put it up there, Zach, in Ephesians chapter 4. Oh, hallelujah. She, Ephesians 4 verse 26 through 27. Are you getting something? I'm determined if you're going to get victorious, you have to decide that you're victorious. A police officer with a badge and say... I hope they obey me today. I really hope that the traffic people stop when I say stop because I'm so insecure. Listen, when you have that badge, you go like this, everything stops. You have to understand that in the spirit realm, you have authority over darkness. You have authority over weakness. Now, do we give in to weakness? Yes. I gave in to donuts yesterday. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that doesn't mean it's true. But it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that I don't have authority. In the spirit realm, we have to realize what is enticing us to open those doors again. Because listen, the enemy is not looking for a wide open door. He's looking for a crack. And I'm not talking about crack cocaine, okay. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> He's looking for a crack in your armor. And he goes, Poof, and he opens it, and then old desire starts flooding it. And then what happens? You start doubting who you are, and you lose your authority over him. You lose your authority over him, over your finances. Some of you need to take authority over your finances. Say, no, 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 I have authority over this in Jesus' name. Some of you need to take authority over your children and say, no, you will serve the Lord. I know you're not serving the Lord now, but by faith, you're going to do it in your prayer closet. Some of you need to take authority over sickness. Well, you know, I just guess that's that's, that's the way it is. No, it's not. That's the way you believe you are. But the Bible says you have authority over sickness. Look at what the Bible says. Be angry, verse, verse 26. Be angry and do not sin, neither give place for the devil. Be angry and do not sin, neither give place for the devil. Now, in the NLT, I don't know if you have it there, Zach, NLT. see, that? Look what it says. I don't know if you have it in the NLT, but in the NLT it says this. Be angry and do not sin, neither give a foothold to the devil. Look at me. Foothold. Does anybody know what a foothold is? I guess not. My leaders know because I told them. You know what a foothold is? And I, re- I read the definition. A foothold in the Webster Dictionary means a position that makes it possible to begin an activity. A position that makes it possible to begin at what? Activity. So when we open our doors, listen, when we open doors to lust, when we open our doors to anger, when we open our doors to fear, when we open our doors to all kinds of mess, what you're doing is giving the devil a foothold. What, what does that mean? Is you're giving the devil a position to start an activity in your life. Did you hear what I said? If, if the definition of foothold is a position, to, a position to begin an activity, foothold is a secure place that rock climbers use. Foothold is also a definition of rock climbers having a secure place to climb higher. What we're doing when we open doors, we're giving the devil a secure place to climb higher in our life but it's through the doors that we open. No one could force you to open those doors except us. So where, here's the good news, The good news is it was was promised in Genesis 1, it was stolen in in Genesis 3, and by the way, for the next 2,000 some odd years, the earth illegally was transferred, the lease of authority was transferred to Satan. But then there was a man, Jesus, that came because he wanted to redeem mankind with the relationship that he lost with Adam and also give mankind and, and humanity authority that they lost back in Genesis chapter 1. So then where it was regained is when Jesus hung on the cross and he took the sins of the world, and he finally said, it is finished. And when he said, it is finished, all authority in heaven and earth were transferred right back to him. And then when we got born again, and Jesus lives inside of us, the Bible says we are co-heirs with Christ. And that means that me and you have authority over sickness. Now listen, I, 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 this, is, this is amazing. Jesus said something powerful. Guys, I want to encourage you today that you have this identity in you. You know what the Bible says in Matthew chapter sixteen? Jesus looked at Peter, and by the way, Peter was a jacked up person. By the way, he's like, "Oh, you know, I love you, Jesus. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna deny you." And he kept doing it. And then God prophesied that He was gonna deny him, and He denied him. And then He looked at Peter and he says, "Who do you say that I am?" And Peter, by the Holy Spirit, said, "You are the Son of the Living God. You are the Christ." And then you know what the Bible says? Put it up there, Zach. Matthew sixteen. Put it up there. Matthew sixteen, verse fourteen through eighteen. Oh, this is powerful. This is powerful. Look look at Matthew 16. It says, you you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Keep going. Keep going. Look what it says This Jesus answered and said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Keep going. Watch this. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. I didn't say that. Jesus said that. But we don't believe that. He said, upon this rock, I will build my church. And on this church, the church is not a building, is us. We are the church. He says, on you, I will build my church and my rock, and the gates of hell should not prevail against who? The church. Now watch this, it gets even better. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind, listen, whatever you bind, this is Jesus speaking, on earth, will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven the problem that we don't have any victory is we're waiting for god to loose it and god to bind it when god says i've given you the kingdoms the keys of the kingdom you bind then i'll bind in heaven i won't bind in heaven until you first bind in earth i won't loose in heaven until you first loose on earth god is waiting for us to declare who we are by speaking to that mountain and you were thinking about you were saying that you didn't even know what i was speaking at to speak to that mountain and say you know what my family shall be saved. It may not be in my timing, but I declare with my voice. What makes you declare confidently, who, knowing who you are in Christ? You either believe that he's giving you the keys of the kingdom, or you don't. Look, watch this. I have keys, right? So what if I gave the keys to Donnie, right? And I said, Donnie, outside, here's your keys, okay? I'm giving it to you, right? And I give him the keys, and it's a brand-new Porsche, 2017 Porsche. Glory to God. He'll be running out of service. <laughs> Stay. <laughs> I, get, I said, listen, this is yours. You do what I want. How frustrating would it be for me as the owner if I over overhear him saying, wow, I wish someone gave me a new car. Wow, I can't wait to start this car. Wow, I can't wait to really do, see how it drives. And I'm like, go ahead and put the key in. Christians are saying, God, will you just deal with this problem? God, I'm just, I'm just tired of it. God, please, I understand, I understand that you're all powerful, but Lord, I'm just so beat up right now. Could you do it? God says, I gave you the keys. Go out and ignite it. Go out. Go out and start speaking it by faith. Give me my keys back, bro. <laughs> he said, I've given you the keys of the kingdom. Say, I, I have the keys to the kingdom. But it must be identified in the realm of faith. Now, this is key. I'm going to close it. Say faith. You must take your authority in the faith realm. If you defeat, if you try to deal with your issues in your five senses, you will lose all the time. Because feelings will go up and down. I've decided many years ago that I cannot consult my feelings on a certain situation anymore. Because my feelings one day will say, You're strong. And then my feelings the other day will say, You're weak. And my feelings one day will say, Man, you could bind this. And my other my feelings someday is like you have no power over this. So you have to realize that. Authority has to be taken by faith. Let me tell you something, ladies. I'm just going to be honest. You know, when you first get married, you're all lovey-dovey and goosey-boosey, whatever, I don't know, whatever, Goosebumps and whatever. And all this, all the time, you're like, oh, my God, look at him, so, he's so cute. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and, and then the guys over here, guys like, oh, girl, you're so fine. You know what I'm saying? Oh. And, you know, that, that's really cool for like about one month. Now, I'm not saying your love stops. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that. But then, like I said before, you know, you wake up to reality. You know, hair messed up, bad breath, and temper, and, you know, you know toothpaste is not where you want it, and Lysol can spray is not where you want it. <laughs> it's for real, though, right? Now, watch, watch. You don't feel goosebump all the time, but just because you don't, you still his wife and you still her, her, her husband. You have to understand your identity is not based on how you feel at the moment. It's not your identity is not with God is not based on like you may feel like junk but you're still a child of God. That's why it has to be taken by faith. By faith you have to believe no matter what I'm feeling with today. I'm going Do you know some of the most powerful times in my ministry is when I've laid hands on somebody I had felt a thing and they got delivered on the spot. I'm going, "What?" Because it's not about, "Oh, I feel. Oh, I feel something. Oh, that so if I feel something I'm going to do it right now." There was, I'll never forget this. It was a time when I was a youth pastor. This is not in my notes, but it's coming to me. And, and, and I was dead tired after I ministered to about 200 people. I was tired, and I was in the back room, and there's this one girl that my leaders go, hey, there's some, there's some girl that wants to see you. I go, I'm, I'm a little tired right now. It was like 11 o'clock at night because my services used to go long. <laughs> and I was, it was like 11 o'clock at night. It's like this girl needs you to pray for her real quick because she's, she's struggling with like, suicidal thoughts. I go, Okay. So I would get back there, no lie, I, did, I was not feeling a thing, I was tired, I was sleepy, I was grouchy, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm just drained, no lie, I talked, to hey, how you doing, what's going on, well, you know, I'm just, I'm cutting myself, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just, it was horrible, I laid my hands on her, said a little prayer, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just pray that you encounter her, felt nothing, zero, Lord, I pray that you encounter her, I just thank you, Lord, that you are going to encounter her, even in this next couple of days, amen. gave her a hug, she left. I got an email, this is years ago, I got an email about a week, uh, a couple days later, she says, Pastor George, you have no idea, when I went home, the Holy Spirit visited me and began to deliver me from my past and deliver me from my things. She says, you don't know this, but I started, I, I was cutting myself for years. I threw all my blades away and the Lord has delivered me from cutting myself and suicidal thoughts because I feel the joy of the Lord in my heart. And I'm thinking, that was definitely nothing I did. Because I didn't feel anything. Why? Because in that moment, I walked by faith in who I am in Christ. Not feeling anything, and someone was delivered. Let me tell you something. It's time that we get our authority back in the spirit realm. Can I hear an amen? It has to be activated by faith. You, you have to believe that when you pray, things are going to happen. You have to believe that when you speak, things are going to happen. Come on, young people. You, you got to believe that when you, when you speak freedom, freedom is going to really happen to somebody. But it has to be taken by faith. Say faith. Jesus in Mark chapter 11, put that up there, Zach. In Mark chapter 11, just cursed a fig tree, and the, and the, and the disciples were bugging out, freaking out. Bugging out, same thing. And they were like, Jesus, was like, I cursed this fig tree because it was supposed to bear fruit and it didn't. The very next day, they saw the tree shriveled up, and all the disciples were like, How'd you do that? And, and so I love Jesus. I mean, like I said, he's so gangster sometimes. He doesn't even answer the question. He, 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 didn't, he didn't say he didn't say, like, how did you do that? He goes, Have faith in God. <laughs> like what what you just you just cursed after how did you do that have faith in God <laughs> what I t- I'm telling you how to do this have faith in God now watch keep going keep going keep going watch this for assuredly I say to you that's what you just said in your song whoever says to this mountain be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart that's the enemy of of identity Listen, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have, what? What? See, I know what you guys are thinking. Oh, that's great. That means I could pray for Mercedes Benz right now. I could pray for some Julie right now. No. The desires that he gives to you are the desires that he gives to you because he knows your desires are going to be seeking more for God. And so you have to realize that he's aligning ourselves. I want the worship team to get up here. Oh, this is good. Look at this. Believe that you receive them, and you will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and watch this, and you will have them. Look at me. Do you really believe by faith that when something happens in you or through you, that that something's going to happen? The way that you exercise authority is in the faith realm. Listen, uh, uh, Peter, I talked about him a lot, but he was transformed. He came from a man, watch this, he came from a man that was very insecure of who his identity was and who he was, that after he got encountered with God, and in the book of Acts, there's a man that is lame, crippled, paralyzed from birth. He's crippled from birth, couldn't even walk, and the Bible, watch this, this is authority, this is his identity. He looked at this person, and he said this. He said, several gold I don't have, but what I, give, what I have, I give you. Rise up and walk. Look at this. The boldness that he had with his identity is this, that Peter didn't ask God to heal him. Oh, this is so good. He didn't pray for God to heal him. See, some people that don't know their identity, this is what you do when you're praying for somebody. Lord, if it's your will, would you touch him? Lord, if it's your will, if you find compassion in your heart, if you have love in your heart, I want you to just touch him. Do you know that Peter not one time talked to God? He talked to the problem. He talked to the problem. He didn't even say, God, I want you to heal him. He looked at the lame man, and he knew that his identity was in Christ, that he didn't need to be so religious and say, God, can you do this? He goes, I already know God is going to do this. I say to you, what I don't have a lot of money, but what I do have I'm going to give you. Rise up and Walk. He said, "Rise up and walk." Could you imagine the doubt that some of you have? I've I've been there. What what happens if he doesn't walk? See, some of you are like this. I've been there. I remember years ago, uh, 1994, something like that. There was like 700 people, and I was fasting for three days. And this one girl was in front of me, and she started manifesting like this. Uh, No lie, her face started contorting. I was fasting for three days. I was I was a guest speaker at a church. And I, I remember, she, she, I'm not trying to scare you, this actually happened, okay? For, out of her mouth came a man's growling voice, and she was a skinny little girl. And she says, leave this one alone, this one is mine. Like that. She's contorting. And I stood there, and because I was fasting, this boldness raised up in me, and I didn't ask the Lord. I didn't ask the Spirit. I started speaking right to the Spirit. I said, I am not asking you. I am commanding you. And I'm not even talking to the Lord because I know that I had to take authority. And I said, I'm not asking you. See, some people ask, is it okay, devil, if you leave? No. <laughs> come on, please. <laughs> I said, I'm not asking you. I am commanding you. And she's going, to come out in the name of Jesus. And i sorry. I didn't even say come in Jesus. I said, at the count of three, I'm commanding you to leave. Guys, this even blew my theology. That's for another time. But I said, one, two. When I got to two, I didn't even say it in Jesus' name. She fell like lightning. She went, like that. And I said, okay. You know, so I just started ministering uh, all over the place. And all of a sudden, ten minutes, uh, 10 minutes happens, like five minutes happen, and I hear this roar, this roar, like, ah like this. I go, what's happening? That girl got up. She started running around, and she started putting her hands up, and she goes, I'm free. I'm free. And she started facing the congregation. I'm free. I don't hear these voices anymore. And I'm thinking to myself, what if I didn't know my identity at that moment? Some would have been bound. What if I would have said, God, there's 700 people here. What if she, the devil doesn't come out? And you know what? I'm going to be honest with you for a split second. I did think that But that second was drowned by the moment of the hour when I knew I was in Christ. I stepped out and said, come out in the name of Jesus. And that girl was free. Many of you are bound by things that you shouldn't be bound with because you have authority over them. Do you know that has to be talked in the faith realm? It has to be exercised in the realm of faith. No matter how you are. Listen to me. I'm going to close with this. It took faith for David to defeat Goliath. But it took identity to take the throne are you ready for this? this is something you could quote on twitter or instagram <laughs> are you ready for this you're going to shout with this faith is this faith believes what god can do identity believes what god could do through you <laughs> did you hear what i said i got two amens it's okay faith believes what god can do but identity believes what God can do through me. See, God wants, God wants to release peace, but could he, could he bring peace through you? Do you believe He could be, bring peace through you? He wants to bring joy, but do you think He could bring joy through you? He wants to bring freedom, but do you believe that He could bring freedom through you? Identity is in faith in what God can do. Listen, listen to this identity is the womb that births authority. When you know who you are, that womb, that, that knowledge of knowing who you are, people's opinions about you won't sway you. we got too many Christians that care what you say about them, and then it takes their authority. Listen, even though it hurts what some people may say about me that they don't like about me, I cannot dictate my life on what they say, or else I'll always be a slave to everybody. Hey, did I, did I offend you? No, no, okay, okay, right, that's good. Can I preach about this today? No, okay, all right, good. good. No. You have to understand by faith you have the power the bible says you know what it's not just he man as you i have the power some of you guys are too young to even know what i'm talking about (laughs) people like he man what's that say i have power because the holy spirit lives in me say i have power because the holy spirit lives in me Now, you must know this by faith. This is the last thing I'm going to say. By faith is where I exercise authority. Look at Hebrews chapter 11, and I'm closing with this. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Look at this. And then we're going to stand, listen, and we're going to take our authority back today. There's some situations that you're going through that require you to open up your mouth. And start saying, enough is enough. In prayer, I'm going to take back what the devil has stolen. In prayer, I'm going to take back my finances. I'm going to take back my family. We're going to start going to church again. We're going to start making things right. No one's going to do it for you. You have to say, by faith, I know who I am. And when you know who you are, that identity is the womb that gives birth to authority. You want true authority? Start realizing who you really are. Start realizing who you are, and you won't. You won't say, well, maybe I I have to deal with this temptation or this depression for a little bit. No, you don't. No, you don't. Can I just say something reverently? It's time to get mad at the devil. I'm not trying to pick a fight, but it's time to say, you know what? You will no longer have a hold of me. Look what the Hebrew says. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things what? If you're only trying to figure out God with a carnal mindset, with a, with a um, perspective of uh, analyzing, here's what's going to happen. It says, by, by faith, the elders will attend. Look at verse 6. Here's the key to everything. Without faith. Everybody say without faith. Say without faith. It's impossible to please God. You can't, you can't even please God without faith. Some of you think, are you pleasing God? But there's a a dimension of that because you love God. But let me tell you, the fullness of pleasing God requires faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. How many of us now at this point say, you know what? I realize I'm a child of God. It's time that I take authority over things in my life. Come on, I want you all to stand up. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.